It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Ruff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Truth and Justice. This is your Friday follow episode for Season 9, Episode 18. Uh, In this week's episode, we had Mike Hixenbaugh on, the host and writer of the Wondery original podcast, Do No Harm. The story that he covered is uh, fascinating, tragic, frustrating, uh, so many different things, and it's hard to come up with even a solution at the end of it. And after the podcast, as always, I opened up a discussion to you guys to ask any questions. We've got a few from you. I also have a pretty major update that I want to cover here first thing after the break about the West Memphis 3 case. Um, So we're going to talk about that first right after the break. I am joined this week by Mike. Uh, Zach is not here this week. Zach is out on assignment, and he should be back next week. So just me and Mike, a couple questions from you guys, and an update on the West Memphis 3 case right after this. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications, and that's why yesterday I knew that he did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Bob, before we get into these questions, what's that West Memphis 3 update you've got? Um, so it's... It's pretty big. I hinted at this last week, and it's just as an interesting turn of events. Um, I got the go-ahead from uh, people working on the case to to share this information. So you notice right after last spring, end of March, the docuseries, The Forgotten West Memphis 3, aired. The conclusion we came to in the docuseries was that the only, no, there's not a witness. There's no memories from anyone. Nothing is going to solve this case other than science. It's the only thing we have left. And the science that we've landed on that we think could solve the case is MVAC DNA collection and testing. Uh, and those of you that saw the docuseries, I'm sure all of you have or most of you had, you know, we're looking at specifically the ligatures that were binding all three boys, Christopher, Michael, and Stevie, um, and even more specifically, the knots of those ligatures. You know, we're looking for things where, you know, back in 1993, there was no touch DNA, wasn't even a thing. Um, but now we know that, you know, the process of tying a knot will absolutely rip off skin cells and they will almost always get caught up in things like knots. And, you know, because all of the evidence was submerged in water, it doesn't mean there's no chance of pulling touch DNA off, uh, but it gets more difficult. But those knots on those shoelaces would be protected. The insides of the knots would be protected 
from the flowing water and help preserve that DNA evidence. I went to California to Pure Gold Forensics, met with a woman named Susanna Ryan, who demonstrated MBAC, and she suggested if she could get that evidence, if there's anything that can be done, that she could pull the DNA off of uh, not just the ligatures, but some clothing and several other items of evidence as she's reviewed the case where she believes she can pull DNA and finally solve this case once and for all. No more questions. And so we had the call to action, as you guys remember, throughout the, the, the filming of the docuseries, I was uh, constantly, and for the whole time we were filming, for months and months and months, myself, attorneys, our production team, were calling Scott Ellington, requesting permission to test the evidence. Throughout my journey, I tracked down Damien, Jason, and Jesse, and got permission from all three of them that they want the DNA tested. And Ellington refused to call us back, refused to call us back. And you know, the ending of the series was me um, pretty emotionally uh, asking you to not let this case die. And I'm asking you that again today, to not let this case die, to not let Stevie, Michael, and Christopher be forgotten, that we continue to fight. We don't let Scott Ellington or anyone else hide from this case any longer. So what happened was, following the airing of the docuseries and that closing, and then on my social media, I put out contact information for Ellington, everywhere on social media, email, phone number. You all stepped up to the plate and hammered him. He ended up having to shut down his Twitter account, uh, go private on his Facebook accounts. Uh, I'm not sure about Instagram. Uh, the email address was over flooded. Their servers were flooded. Their phone numbers, their messages, every even the public. Anywhere where he was able to comment or see comments, even if you go to, if you Google the second judiciary uh, district of Arkansas district attorney's office on Google and look at there's like reviews for everything on Google, it's filled with everybody just telling him off for not answering. Like it's everywhere. Wow. Yeah. It's it, and I didn't know that until just yesterday. Yeah. So with that pressure. I was I I got with with Damien and one of Damien's attorneys. We said we need to right now, while there's all this pressure, reach out to Ellington again. And what happened was, which I didn't share with you because we didn't want to take a chance of the rug getting pulled out from underneath us, is within a week of the docu series airing, Scott Ellington and we have all these emails agreed to test the evidence. He agreed. He asked for a list. What do we want tested? We gave him a list of all the evidence items that we wanted tested. And this was, and I'll let you guys know this now, part of that was with an assurance that I gave to all of the West Memphis Three and their attorneys and the people at Pure Gold Forensics that test to get as much of that evidence to that lab as possible for testing. And I promise you, my, uh, we'll, we'll get the quote to find out how much it's going to cost to test all of it. And I promise them that you all, my audience, will cover that bill. And, and, and I 100% believe that that's exactly what will happen. No matter what that number is, I know that we will step up to the plate and make sure that that evidence gets tested. So this, this was back in April that this happened. And it got very, very, very exciting. Uh, we were all certain this case would be solved by summer. That finally, after 26 years, that we would solve the case of the murders of Stevie, Michael, and Christopher. And, and of course, COVID was happening. So Ellington sends an email to the police department or to the crime lab 
and says, send the evidence to Pure Gold Forensics. Pure Gold Forensics, or uh, excuse me, the crime lab says we don't have the evidence anymore. After we did our testing, we sent it back to the police department. So it went back to the police department. Ellington then contacted the police department and said, send the evidence to Pure. I mean, it went so far as to the point of um, early last year, spring of last year, that they requested the FedEx account number for Pure Gold Forensics. So this is how sure, that's why I got quiet on that. I wasn't hammering away and wanting to protest because I knew this was happening, but I wasn't really, not allowed, but it was suggested that we keep this quiet. So they request the FedEx number, the list. So things are moving. This is happening anytime. And it's, well, there's a skeleton crew, you know, this gives them a little, and then we just wait and wait and wait. And then, you know, every month or so I'd, send off an email, what's going on, or I'd get an email saying, we're still waiting, uh, we don't know what's happening, and then this is what really happened. Scott Ellington, as a lot of you know, uh, got elected to a judge position last year, knowing that he would start in that judge position January of this year, 2021. Once we got to about the end of the summer, and the pressure from the docuseries was off, and he was within months of leaving the office, Ellington did exactly what Ellington did before is he put his head in the sand. He stopped answering. And again, this is not emails from me. We're talking about attorneys for the defendants are sending emails, telling him you know, what's happening, asking for updates, want the evidence to be sent off. What's going on? Crickets for months and months and months. And he just bought his time. Until now, he has left the office. He is no longer the DA. He is a judge. The last, the last communication we have copied to us from uh, Ellington to the police department was for them to send the evidence. So now we have a new district attorney taking office. I'm updating you to let you know that we have not given up on this. We are still very confident that we are going to get this DNA tested and that we are going to solve this case. The ball has, I, I had a conference call just a couple days ago, and, and we are moving forward. We don't know what the plan is. So, so I guess what I'm saying to you guys is a couple things. One, your pressure worked, and it will work again. So stay engaged and pay attention. Two, keep in mind. That if this is going to be done, it's going to be on our backs financially. And I think with the tens of thousands of us that are listening right now, we can, whatever that number is, we can make sure that we get it. Do you have any idea what that number might be? I really don't. Because um, I'm assuming MVAC testing is expensive. Yeah, it is. I've, I haven't gotten any straight numbers. I have an idea of what, like, you know, in, in Jesse Eldridge's case, we raise money for DNA testing in his case. And we raised about, it ended, I think I want to say it was about seven grand. And that was for testing of a whole bunch of articles of clothing. And it was, a, it was a ton of DNA testing that was all done with a swab method back then. The MVAC is just a collection method, you know, how they're going to collect the DNA. And it depends on how many things we test. So what we'll probably get is an itemized list back. I, I hate to give an estimate. I don't know. I have a number in my mind that I think. It's probably about what we can count on, but I don't even want to say it because I have no idea if it's if it's accurate or not. But I feel like, you know, if it's 
if it's ten thousand dollars, twenty five thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars, I I think I know I know we'll do it. I know that the, the, the not even just beyond our audience, the community of people, you know, around the world that want justice for Stevie, Michael, and Christopher will come forward and w- with the funds it takes to get this testing done. So that's another thing is is just to be aware that there will come a time I'm going to call on you to help us with this to fund it. There may come a time when I'm going to call on you to put more pressure back onto possibly the new district attorney. There may come a time when I'm going to call on you to go meet me in Arkansas, in Jonesboro, and stand and march in front of that office, in front of that courthouse until something gets done. I'm hoping that it doesn't come to that. I'm hoping that with this new district attorney in office, that the process will move forward smoothly, that he will have more integrity and more of a spine than Scott Ellington has, and that we will we we will march along as we should be doing with this testing, and we're going to get it done, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. But um, I want to, you know, this happens a lot. Um, so I'll apologize for the fact that I've had to keep you in the dark, but you know, this is a good example of those times when I tell you I just can't talk about it right now. This is a good example of why. You know, I was we I knew this in April, but I was told you know if we rattle the chain anymore. Right now, it could all blow up. Right now, we've got an order to send it, so let's be quiet until the evidence is in the hands of Pure Gold Forensics. And then it just didn't happen. And again, I just got the go-ahead the other day to go ahead and share what, what is going on. So that's what's going on. I thank you for your support, for your uh, your dedication, for putting on the pressure, and I thank you in advance for, for helping us to take this ball across the finish line. I'm hoping very, very soon. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. All right, we'll get to these questions now, Bob. Our first one comes from listener Bikem or Bikem. I apologize. I, I don't know how to pronounce your name. How's it spelled? B-I-K-E-M. All right. All right, B. What's your question? B says, <laughs> I binge do no harm in one day. I could not stop listening. I used to live near Tomball, Texas, and I used to take my kid to Texas Children's for his pediatric appointments. I was so angry listening to this story and completely appalled. The heartache these families went through on the whim of a handful of people is heartbreaking. What do you think, Bob? It's so heartbreaking. And this is, Jesus, this, this episode was tough because, episode, the situation is tough. 
you know, I, and I shared on the podcast, you know, that I've had my dealings with CPS. I've had them, you know, come investigate my children because they ate frog legs. And I've also had, you know, called them because people had, you know, cigarette burns on their arms and they didn't ever remove them from the homes. You know, I thought my conversation with Mike at the end was pretty, I, I, I wanted, if you remember from the end of that episode, I asked, I'm like, you're king of the world. How do we fix it? Yeah. There's no fix because, you know, there's a lot of our comments on social media from both sides, both perspectives on this. And there were people that, you know, people have commented who work in work for child protective services or that are pediatric nurses that are like, no, like this needs to happen. I've seen, you know, one I remember said that, you know, she's seen a lot of skull fractures where people say they fell and they were all BS and very, and it's very obvious that uh that this was child child abuse and something needs to be done and i wholeheartedly agree with that who's going to stick up for these kids if not for cps but then there's the other side of it where it's like it, this, this is it's no small thing and if you haven't if you have i know mike you haven't listened to do no harm but but they um the 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 parents the brights who had their kids taken from them went through this whole ordeal for some reason, they just recorded everything. Every time something happened, they on their phone just hit record. Smart. Yeah, it was smart. And then and and so they get the moment when they came and took their children from them, and just the screaming and the crying and the two year old trying to comfort her mom. Hey, mom, it'll be okay. And then and then she goes to foster care for, you know, they're there for a few days and they finally get them back. And when they come back, the boy who's got the head injury, his voice is hoarse. His voice is gone because he was screaming for so long for so many days. When he had an injury that the doctor said if he screams too much could cause more brain damage. The daughter has a gash on her face and a black eye, the two-year-old, when she comes back. It's just, just the trauma that they went through. It's very easy to say, to say that that can't happen. Right. And it was, you know, it was finally later acknowledged by the CPS that there was no cause. The case was dropped, that there was no abuse. The secondary doctor opinions were very clear. You know, the extra bleeding they saw was because the boy had a bleeding disorder. And it's just, it's so tragic. It's, I mean, it's, it's tough, especially as a parent to listen to do. I, I mean, if you haven't, if you haven't listened to it, go to, it's six episodes. It doesn't take a long time to binge it, but man, it's so good and it's so heartbreaking. But then it does leave you frustrated because what do you do? I don't know. If I was king of the world, I don't know. How do you still make sure there's someone there to take care of these kids that are being abused while at the same time not abusing that system and taking children away from loving parents that aren't abusing them? I'd like to chime in a little bit here. My two cents are kind of like what you said earlier, that that there really is no fix. And the only closure I get from this situation, it, it, it's it's similar to wrongful convictions in the criminal justice system. It's the same principle that you'd like to think that overall, for the most part, the system does work and that these cases that we talk about are outliers and that for the most part, the systems do more good than bad. It's a, that's actually a very, very good analogy. You're right. You're right. It would say, say 90% of the people that are locked up in our criminal justice system are there because they've committed crimes and they should be there or, or more specifically, because it's getting to be the, the line gets blurred sometimes of what's a crime, you know, you know, they sold some marijuana. So they're sitting in, you know, that's bullshit, I think. But, but let, let's say, uh, you know, the large portion of people 
that are in our criminal justice system for violent crimes. These are people that, that committed them, did it, need to be locked up to keep the community safe. So, yeah, it's doing good there. And then there's only, let's say, 10% of the people in there are actually innocent or shouldn't be there. So, yeah, that, that, it's, a, it's the exact perfect analogy to say that, yeah, you can look at it and say, well, the system does, for the most part, work. And, yeah, there are outliers. There's these 10% of the time where people get locked up that are innocent. The problem is when you're one of those 10%. Right. You know? Right. You know, like, like Ed. You know, it's like, ah, you were just an outlier. But, yeah, but you, they stole 20 years from him. Jesse, 25 years now from him, you know, it's just it's like so many, so many different cases. And it's, and, it, and it's almost as, I feel like it's easier to fix the criminal justice system. You know, with the criminal, you can, you can, you can make rules and make, you know, sure. that, you know, there are things that prosecutors do that they can't do. The police are doing that they can't do. You can make rules, follow them and have judges that enforce those rules to make sure people do get, you know, so if you, if you have a Brady violation, if you withheld material evidence, at a a trial in order to get a conviction it's not just 10 years later this person can try to prove that there was a brady violation and maybe a judge will say that it was a brady violation and it was material and exculpatory and then overturn the conviction but if you commit a brady violation and you're caught later that there are consequences for that's the problem there's no consequence for that prosecutor it's just your conviction's overturned oh well so what i've got a, a thousand more like that's fixable. It, I don't know if it'll be fixed, but it's fixable, right? Whereas with the CPS, fine tuning that is going to be a lot harder. Yeah, I don't even know how, right? So, like in this case, it's as Mike said on the podcast. Mike Hicksonball said on the podcast, nobody argues the reasonability of them requesting an investigation when the pediatric doctors look at the X-ray. There's multiple skull fractures and a brain bleed. Based on their knowledge of the the physics of that, doesn't make sense with their story, warrants an investigation. I think the problem comes in that there wasn't an investigation. You know what I mean? The, the family then went and, contra- went and took the baby to another doctor to get another opinion and to figure out this, this whole blood, to figure out what happened. But So maybe that's the solution, that, that it should mean an investigation. But, th- but for every case like this, there's another case where a child was, you know, in the, we'll look into this in the meantime. Yes, take your kid home and we'll look into it. And then the parents kill the kid. You know, so I, oh, it's tough. It's tragic. It's heartbreaking. It's, I can tell you from personal experience. And mine was so stupid. It was the stupidest thing ever. The, chi- the CPS agent told me it's the stupidest complaint she's ever had. Uh, but it's still scary. Sure. Right. You know, at the time, like we didn't have a lot of money. Luckily, we and we had just finished an extra bedroom so that everybody had their own bedroom. We had five bedrooms in a twelve hundred square foot house. You know, we were using every nook and cranny to make bedrooms. And I remember, like, shit, because we didn't know what to expect. I'm like, oh, I need to look in your fridge. I'm like, shit, good thing we went grocery shopping yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, because the day before there was nothing in there but pizza rolls and a six pack of Bush Light. Right. You know, there was right. we were running low. Uh, <laughs> put that veggie tray in there front and center. Right? Yeah, right. We got bananas and peanut butter and jelly. We got everything, but it was, <laughs> but it was scary, man. It was really scary. And then, you know, thankfully she was nice to tell us like, I'm sorry, this is stupid. It doesn't matter. Like we're just here to check this out. But yeah, I don't know. It, I guess, I guess she doesn't have a question. So, and what I have there is not really an answer just, but yes, I, I agree. It's, it's 
tragic and I don't know what the solution is. Cindy says, I'd be interested to know since the release of the podcast, if there's been any fallout to that CPS agency and or what has the state of Texas done to address the issues uncovered? Honestly, the only it's almost like the prosecutors. So from my understanding, from what I heard on the podcast and what I've read about it is the fallout was a stern talking to by the judge that threw out the case and, and, and like, and, and I say a stern talking, but it was an, an admonishment uh, by him about how horrible it is what they did and that it was completely wrong. And their only consequence was they were ordered to pay. I memory serves $127,000 to the brights to help cover their legal fees because you know, everything that's everything they had to pay was due to, the incompetence of that agency, but the agency still maintained that they did everything right. And it wasn't until Mike reported on, on this, not on the podcast, but when he wrote the story for NBC news, uh, um, I don't remember it was for there for Houston Chronicle where, where he wrote the story. It was in, almost in response to definitely after that, they finally a year later issued a ruling from CPS that says that they are, dropping the investigation and that there was no cause found or that there was no essentially saying that there was no evidence of any abuse. And so they're dropping the case a year later. And that was it. Maria says, did the CPS ever explain in detail their errors in the case? Has there ever been an official apology accepting the blame? And has CPS made any moves to fix the problem that they caused? Uh, I guess you kind of already answered that one, Bob. Yeah, it's kind of the same as is well, one same as last question, but the response would be the same. That no, they have never taken responsibility for it. I mean, they were ordered to pay and admonished by the judge, and then later said that nope, through our investigation, uh, this was not abuse, and that was it. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Jamie says, first of all, I've been listening to your podcast since its inception, and it's by far my favorite. Secondly, I follow Bob's wife on Instagram, and she could be funnier than you guys. Third, did Mike H. have an opinion on what could be done to fix the problems with CPS? And fourth, I'd like to hear more from Mike Bussing on the follow-ups. Thanks, guys. I got to hear from you a little bit. Do you have anything to say, Mike? No. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. That's Mike Bussing. <laughs> no, I appreciate that, Jamie. But Bob and I have talked about this a lot. And I'm just, I don't have the gift of gab, but I do chime in from time to time. So. Yeah, Mike always chimes in when he has something to say, which I like 
And, and, and you should know, Mike has an open forum always to talk. He just only chooses to talk when he wants to. Do you think it looks like that to some people that I'm being like, I, I well, muted? I did when we get, when we get questions like that, I wonder sometimes if people are like, if people think that I'm telling you not to talk. Yeah. I wonder. Well, yeah, just to straighten that out, you, you're not, and it's, it's my preference and I appreciate you letting me do that, Bob. Right. See, look at all those syllables you heard from Mike right there. Um, as far as my wife being funnier than me, um, I disagree. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. She is. My wife is a social. She's always follow Becky Ruff on Instagram. She's has stories and stuff every single day that I never. I'm the worst on social media. Like I post like, oh, here's this is our episode. And every once in a while I might post something, but not very often. As far as did Mike Hicksonbaugh have a solution? I gave him the king of the world, which I do in a lot of these episodes. The king of the world, how do you fix it? And I think the best Mike could come up with was better regulations and rules and enforcement and better oversight, which is, I mean, yep, but I, I don't know what that looks like. Not to, not to say that Mike didn't think it through, but it's just, it's just such a hard situation. There is no easy solution. I, I certainly think that there needs to be more investigation. If they say it requires further investigation, that's not just, oh, let's sit around for three weeks and then yank them out of their house. Yeah, because they don't, maybe it's different between different agencies, but they don't have investigators, right? No, I think that they are, their title might be investigators. But like, I don't understand, like in this case, you know, when one doctor says, I think that maybe we have abuse here and we should check this out. And so CPS picks it up, why they don't, okay. Well, let's get another medical opinion and find out if it is like it's they just literally just sit on it for several weeks until they decide, nope, let's just take them. And they had done no further investigation since then. But yeah, that's the best Mike could come up with. Um, I couldn't come up with any better other than maybe better investigation, but certainly better oversight. And and also, no, I guess I was going to say. There should be some better oversight in the foster care community, too, because I know a lot of fabulous, amazing foster parents who do just God's work in, in taking care of kids. I also know of some horrible, wretched foster parents that are only in it because they get a paycheck for it. And, and certainly there have been many cases of you know, foster parents using it as a, as a feeding instrument for their abuse of minors. Um, not and certainly not painting with a broad brush, but they exist, and for that reason, I think there should be a better oversight of the foster care system as well. Um, but that still doesn't even change the problem of getting your children r- ripped out of your arms uh, for no reason at all. And with that, I think that was our last question. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in, and again, stay tuned for more updates on the West Memphis Three case. Hopefully, we'll have more of that coming up soon. Uh, and thanks again for bearing with us through these follow These are tough when you guys only send us two or three questions. They're tough, but, uh, and just so you guys know, just bear with us again. We only have two more of these follow-ups, meaning follow-ups for these, uh, case of episodes before we get back into season 10. Uh, I don't keep reminding you, but that's so on, uh, January 31st will be our last episode of, of season nine. And then uh, February 7th, we launch into season 10. Super excited about it. We've, I've recorded a ton of interviews. While I was out of town last week, um, got a lot of case material and really looking forward to getting back into that deep dive and more of traditional type follow-ups. Uh, and don't forget, True Crime Binge is coming. For those of you that like this format, the format of us interviewing true crime podcasters every week about their podcast and about a case, uh, we are launching True Crime Binge. It's actually launched, sort of. Uh, if you are, and, and I'm going to ask you to do this. Do me a favor. 
Uh, go to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, go look up True Crime Binge. Give us a subscribe. I would really appreciate that. There's a trailer out there, so you can listen to the trailer on the feed. Uh, yeah, and if you could give us a little review, that would be fantastic. You know, so once we launch on February 3rd with our official first episode, then uh, uh, you guys will already be there to catch it. It's going to be a great episode with a great guest. Uh, again, that's True Crime Binge. We're on all forms of social media at True Crime Binge. And we are now live on all podcast platforms. So please check that out. And make sure you tune in on Sunday. Really uh, a fun episode this week. I have Katie and Kimberly coming on from a Date with Dateline podcast. And we're talking about a case called A Mystery in Big Sky, which was a Dateline episode from 2016. Really interesting case, really fun conversation. That's coming up in two days on Sunday. Thank you guys so much, and we'll talk to you next week. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Produced and edited by Mike Bussing, and all music for the show was created and composed by PutThemInASong.com. Our follow-up logo was created by Zach Weaver, and all of our font across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, Truth and Justice Pod where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. Thank you to our transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Charlena White, Kay Wood Yamnick, Ginger Fiola, Edith Swanneck, Lindsay Pease, and Jen Reese in Candela. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. To financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. On the Patreon page, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we also have reward levels. For just $5 per month, you get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes and behind-the-scenes videos of the creation of our Friday follow-up episodes that include 10 to 30 minutes of pre-show bonus chat. Other reward levels include t-shirts, hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. Just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the companies that sponsor this program. If you have a new case you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is to engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com and like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. For all of you tweeters, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. To follow our personal accounts on social media, I can be found at Truth. Mike can be found at MurbGaming, M-U-R-R-B-G-A-M-I-N-G, and Zach can be found at Z to the Q. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, and tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. I'm Zach Weaver. And I'm Mike Bussing. 
This has been Truth and Justice. Baking pastries at 5 and open at 6. 100th cappuccino by 8, 200th customer by 9, and there's still 12 hours to go. That's why you need a business broadband that works as hard as you do. Introducing Sky Business. With 4G internet backup and our stay connected guarantee, that's better business. To find out more, visit skybusiness.com. Sky Fiber only, 30 second 4G activation or one off credit. New customers, Pro Plus packs only. T's and C's apply.